Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. I'm here to give you resources to make life with your cat more rewarding and behavior-free, of course, because that's what we do. Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing education that reduces rehoming of cats by intercepting cat behavior problems in the home before you make that difficult decision to take your cat to a shelter. We don't want that. So today I'm joined by my handsome co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey. Hello, Molly, my sweet love. I want to thank listener Amy and her cat Opal from Philadelphia for listening and dropping us an email. Please let us know how the clicker training is going in the carrier. And... When Molly is in Philadelphia, we will absolutely let you know and try to connect. That'll be fun. That will be fun. I want to go to Philly and meet Amy and Opal. Absolutely. That'll be great. Uh, So if you've been helped by information on one of our podcasts or maybe Cat Behavior Solutions blog, or maybe Molly has consulted with you, we'd love to hear the difference it made in your life and your cat's life. So please email Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com. Real easy, cattalkradio.com. So today, as we move on, we're talking about Cat 101. After last week's deep dive into the nutrients cats need, I'm assuming the Cats for Dummies episode is this one? (laughs) Well, no cat owner is a dummy. You only own a cat if you've already proven how smart you are. So there's no cats for dummies. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to do an episode that covers just the basics of cat ownership. I hate that term ownership, but I guess that's the reality since most state laws declare pets as property. And I guess I guess that's good too if someone steals your pet because then it's property and you can prosecute accordingly. But I prefer to call it cat guardianship or cat companion. But if we don't do things right, cats can become very difficult companions to live with. And that's what this show is all about. Yeah, true, true, true. But people adopt animals for company and companionship. And when the cat doesn't show appreciation and starts destroying things, it's easy to feel frustrated, angry, and confused about what to do. So what do we do, Molly? Well, exactly. If you take care of a cat, you'll have a wonderful relationship. And if you've had a cat for years, it's never too late to make changes for the better. I did it with Tabasco, and I continue to do it as I learn more. You know, you never stop learning, even though I went to school and I got certified and I continue to get certifications and I continue to take courses and learn, learn, learn all I can and and research new stuff. The more I learn, you know, the more I make little changes to how we take care of Tabasco and our fosters, and it makes a difference. And remember, you know, this this companionship relationship, it isn't a short-term commitment. You know, cats live to 18 or so if you keep them healthy. 
And another good reason for doing things right from the start as a kitten is saving on vet bills for diseases we can prevent. You know, things like diabetes and kidney disease are very preventable. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Cat 101, the basics. So good, good. So where do you want to start from here? Well, let's start with the extreme basics. Cats are not dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know that sounds obvious, but there's a couple main differences I want to point out because people are always treating cats and looking at cats as if they're dogs. But there's some real specific differences that I just think make a difference maybe in your mindset and understanding why your cat does what it does. So first is that cats are both predator and prey, whereas dogs are mainly just predators. And this is a big emotional difference because cats are a species that are always looking out for that next thing that's going to kill and eat them. You know, their predators come from the sky and the ground and the brush. And so they are always just kind of like watching and, and in a little bit of fear edge because of being prey also. But then leads to the next thing that's really different between dogs and cats is cats don't show emotions of weakness for that same reason, because predators might pick up on it and think that they're more vulnerable and, you know, then they're more likely to get eaten and become prey, of course. So when a cat's feeling insecure, they don't typically have outward signs of that like dogs do, you know, so and here's another reason for that and and big emotional and physiological difference. Dogs evolve socially. They have a social hierarchy. They're pack animals. And there are status levels within the pack. That's not so with your cat. Cats in the wild live solitary lives. So when you have a cat being aggressive, you might naturally think he's trying to impose dominance. But cats don't jockey for an alpha cat position it just it just doesn't happen boy you wouldn't know it when you look at them it does seem like sometimes they 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 tend to have that hierarchy like dogs but i i guess that's left alone so understanding your cat's psychological basis seems like a good place to start um in what other ways are they different from dogs well here's another duh basic they're a different species which is, again, stating the obvious, but different species have differing nutritional needs. And this is important because what you feed them has the biggest impact on behavior and physical aspects of your cat long term. Just like us, right? Yeah, it's true. I know I feel so much better when I eat right and get plenty of rest and plenty of water to drink. I'm glad you mentioned water. Water is an important nutrient for cats. And did you know the definition of a nutrient is something essential your body can't live without? And cats, they need 5 to 10 ounces of water a day. Now think about that. Think about your water bottle sitting there. 10 ounces of that they need a day. But here's the problem. They're programmed with a very low thirst drive. And this is because in the wild, they get all of the water they need from the prey they eat. So they drink very little from their bowls. They should be getting most of their hydration from the food you feed them. That's so interesting. And and you mentioned wild a lot. So, you know, cats have been living in homes with us for decades. Haven't they grown out of their wild cat needs? 
Well, true. I do say in the wild, cats a lot because it's important. Cats have about a 96% DNA linkage to their African wildcat ancestors. And that means a lot of things wildcats need, your house cat also needs. Their physical evolution has been relatively small. I mean, yeah, our house cats are smaller than African wildcats. And here's a really interesting piece of trivia is that in the house cat evolution, one of the things that happened is their brains have shrunk. And and it doesn't mean because that shrinking is in the frontal lobe. They have about 30% less of a frontal lobe than their African wildcat ancestors. And that's the part of the brain that controls fear. And that's the only way that this house cat can even tolerate living with us without just dropping over dead from a stress heart attack. Wow. Okay. Back to the food. What should we be feeding these little wildcats living with us? Well, this is simple. Wet. Wet food. That means canned food or hydrated raw food, which is my favorite because it naturally provides all the nutrients your cat needs without the food manufacturer having to add them back in. So raw food is not only the meat, but it's also bones and organs, which contain those important nutrients. Cats are obligate carnivores, but they need only meat. You know, they can't live off of vegetables and fruits like like dogs do. But meat alone isn't enough. So you can't just like feed your cat raw chicken or beef that you'd buy in the grocery store. It's just not enough for them. So raw food comes two ways typically. It comes frozen or freeze-dried. Now I personally prefer the freeze-dried because it's easier to handle. And I don't have to calculate thawing time, you know, how much do I put in the refrigerator and how many days before they're ready to eat it so that it's, you know, not serving an a meat ice cube to them. So I like the freeze-dried. I have fed Tabasco both, you know, freeze-dried raw, I mean, frozen raw that a manufacturer and raw food direct from freshly ground whole carcasses that I make and then freeze and and the freeze-dried versions. And I've fed him a variety of different brands. First reason is when you compare the ingredient list to the other brands, it's shorter. And I'm one of those people that believes in limited agree- ingredient diets. I'm, you know, I'll always buy that brand that uses that marketing limited ingredients. I'm like, I'm in because I don't want all those extra chemicals and stuff in my food. And second, when I give Tabasco a choice, like here's a bowl of Vital Essentials rabbit patties, and here's a bowl of your primal freeze-dried rabbit, and here's a bowl of Stella and Chewy rabbit kibbles, and which do you like best? And he goes for that Vital Essentials one. So he started turning his nose up at the other brands. And because cats can be so picky, I always let them have a say in which brand they want to eat from a palatability standpoint, not from, oh, but my cat likes dry food. Well, of course he does. It's full of carbohydrates, and those things are addictive, just like macaroni and cheese, for goodness sakes. So I don't give them that choice. I don't allow dry food to be fed. We do feed. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait just a minute. I think uh, sometimes we do give dry food to the sitter that feeds uh, when we're out of town. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that's that's different. That's that's vital essentials, freeze-dried raw mini nibs. And they can be fed as is. You don't have to rehydrate them. Now, I'll always 
feed them the rehydrated patties first. But you're right. When we're out of town and there's a cat sitter that can only come twice a day as opposed to the four times a day that I feed them, they've got to leave the dry food down in addition to the rehydrated patties or the cats would would starve to death. And even just that little change from feeding from four times a day down to two times a day is stressful on cats because they need routine and predictability and that's throwing a little wrench in their in their mechanism. But no dry kibble that's been baked to death, just the Vital Essentials raw mini nibs. Those are still raw, and they're still freeze-dried. They just don't have to be rehydrated. And they're palatable. The cats love them, too. Oh, I see. Okay. I get it now. So it's still raw food. Okay. Does that sound right? Still raw food? It's still raw. Still raw. Okay. (laughs) All right. So it's dry, but it's raw. Okay. To recap thus far, cats are prey in addition to predators, which means they're often feeling fear. And because cats are prey, they don't show emotions that are weaknesses. Uh, You know, is, is emotions really weaknesses? Cats really feel that way? Well, they don't show, what I said was they don't show emotions that are weaknesses. So like when they're feeling pain, they don't, it, that's not on their face. Like when a dog is in pain, he's like, oh, 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 oh really dramatic, like you guys uh, can tend to be. But, but if I the cat's see. in pain or has a weakness, it's very difficult to, to detect because they don't show emotions that make them appear weak. So that means that when they're sick, they may not notice either. So you pay closer attention to their body language. Right. Now, what is is norm for a cat and when they are displaying different signs? Does that mean, um, is that what's normal for them? Well, that's... That's right. You have to, as a cat guardian, you have to know what's normal for your cat's body language. And when they start behaving differently, take note of it. Like, for for instance, you know, Tabasco, that mouse you let him eat the other night, upset his stomach and he's (laughs) been sitting differently. You know, yesterday he kind of was like, oh, my stomach hurts. And he sits in a in an upright position, a crouched upright position with his haunches way up and the hair's a little bit elevated on his haunches like he's like he's tucked under his close to his stomach because his stomach hurts and if I didn't know that that wasn't a normal posture for him I might just chalk it up to him taking on a cute pose so it's really important that you know you know I've noticed that his whiskers he was holding his whiskers farther back than normal which is a sign that a cat doesn't feel well so you got to know what your cat looks like down to the little nano hair on their body when they're feeling good so that when they're not feeling good those very subtle body language changes you can you can pick up on that's good. I think we all need to kind of watch for that. Those, these are great things that you're throwing at us. So the number three thing that you talked about, cats aren't pack animals like dogs, which means they don't show signs of dominance. They don't fight for alpha cat position, even though sometimes it looks like they do, because uh, there is no such thing. But right. you know, when I see cats, and I'm sure when other people see cats, they probably might disagree about that. But 
you know, th- these are things, uh, this is why you're here educating us on that. And you know uh, what, so I think that is, four- you know, I think that is too, I think it's because people are so much like dogs, you know, in, in human society, there are status levels and people fight psychologically and physically for higher places on on a on a chain, you know, if you will, a social chain, like just like dogs do. And I think that's people think that's normal. And of course, people more than any other species tend to put what they think is normal, what's normal for them onto others. And so, you know, a guy's jockeying for alpha position at the office. And so when he sees his two cats fighting, he thinks the same thing's going on. But it's just not. That's just not why they're fighting. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> There's alpha components in in every species, isn't there? Not cats. Not cats. <laughs> no. So the fourth thing that I thought was real interesting that you talked about was uh, cats still have 96% DNA linked to their wild ancestors. So they still need wild things, I guess. That's, yep. That's They're wild. Good. They need wild things. Wild things. Wild thing. I think love and you. <laughs> <laughs> Wild thing, kitties. So, uh, and the fifth thing that you talked about, make sure you feed your cat wet diet so they can get enough water. That makes a lot of sense. I, I like that. Um, and the sixth thing, it sounds like uh, don't feed dry food. And I know we, we have dry food, but as you pointed out, that that's really... Um, not dry food, it's more freeze-dry food as opposed to dry food. So yeah, what else a, do we... It, it is we... dry. I mean, it, it's it's dry. I'm not adding water to it. It doesn't come moist out of a can, but it's raw. It's the next best thing. Definitely don't feed like a bag of, of dry kibble. And I only feed that if we're going out of town and there's just no way to get them a rehydrated wet food meal four times a day. That's fantastic. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that we're learning here. Cat 101 is is very informative for those out there that are just getting a cat or thinking about getting a cat. So what else can we can we share with the listeners? Well, everything we've talked about so far applies to whether your cat's already five years old or, or five weeks old. But another good thing for you to know if you have a kitten is that you should expose your kitten to as many different experiences as you can when they're little. They have up to about 12 weeks for what we call like sociological imprinting. And this means you want to expose them to things like, you know, men, women, children, people wearing hats, putting a harness on them, collars, leashes, being handled in a variety of different ways, especially ways that they're handled in the vet office, getting used to carriers, going on car rides, noises, vacuum cleaners, hair dryers, things like that. Because after that 12-week window, if your cat wasn't exposed to those things, like let's say you're a kitten, you're a, you're a single woman, and you have a kitten, and, you know, the kitten's never been out, you haven't had a whole lot of people coming over and visiting, and now four years later, you know, your cat wasn't exposed to men with beards during this time, and you start dating someone with a big beard, those little, what do they call it, those duck beards or whatever, and your cat's likely going to freak out. And, and if you adopted an older cat, 
you know, or and then it just explains why they might be shy or fearful of a particular thing. So if you've adopted a four or five year old cat and somebody comes in with a hat on and the cat just uncharacteristically goes and runs and hides under the bed, then you know that you know, that's probably because that cat never saw anybody with a hat on when it was little, just like the, you know, the big beard cat didn't see any man in a beard and, you know, took cover because like, ah, what is that? (laughs) Good thing we don't have too many men around here with beards. (laughs) Yeah. Don't grow a beard, honey. You might freak the cats out. (laughs) Yeah. You've been saying fear a lot. Is this does this make cats more aloof than dogs? And is this the reason why they run and hide from strangers? Well, n- knowing how the house cat evolved and how they physically process information, I'd say fear is at the root of just about every behavior issue that I see. For instance, cats don't attack because they're mad or retaliating or jockeying for alpha cat position. They're experiencing fear, and usually extreme fear if it's come to actual aggression. They pee outside a covered litter box, often because they're afraid or feeling fear of being trapped in the box, which looks like a cave to them with no exit routes. They claw up your sofa arm that's next to the window because they're afraid another cat will invade their territory. Because clawing is a visual and scent sign to another cat that this is a claimed zone. If I didn't know better, the, I would say cats are weird little creatures, aren't they? <laughs> yes. And another little weirdness about them is they're very fastidious. Cats are like Felix Younger and dogs are more like Oscar Madison. Remember that show? The Mm -hmm. Odd Couple? Yes, I do. (laughs) Cats don't do well in houses that have a lot of clutter and, and dirt and loud noises and things like that. They hate it when they have to step on poop or pee in the litter box. So the bottom line here is use your cat's preferences as a motivator to keep your house clean and scoop the box more often. (laughs) I'm that way too. (laughs) That's probably why I prefer cats to dogs. Dogs are slobs. They drool everywhere, track mud in, need constant baths. No thanks, I think. I'll take cats any day over that. Speaking of dogs again, no cats get the same diseases as dogs, correct? They do get a lot of the same diseases. Also, they do. They actually do. Also, same as us, they, you know, they get a lot of the same diseases people do. And sometimes for the same reasons, you know, things like diabetes and heart disease. Kidney disease, though, seems to be more common in cats for a lot of the reasons we discussed earlier. Cats aren't wired to have a huge thirst drive. And a lot of people that feed dry kibble, that'll keep them mildly dehydrated their whole lives. Whereas dogs, they're not obligate carnivores, and they're driven to drink lots of water, so they don't have these same problems. Now, they both do get fleas and ticks and can suffer from anemia because of them, tapeworms and other things like that that come from fleas and ticks. And in Texas, you know, the majority of dogs coming into the shelter that we see have heartworms, which is treatable. But heartworms in cats, and yes, 
cats do get heartworms. They're not only hard to detect, but there's really not very good treatment options for them. So keeping mosquitoes away from your cat is important too. And and your dog, you know, mosquito repellent's good, um, but it's just as equally as important to treat them heartworm treatments. So Revolution makes a good one that has a combo heartworm flea tick treatment. And if your cat or dog has had a bad reaction to Revolution like our blueberry has, then you want to stick to just straight mosquito repellents and use something natural that's not a chemical so like cedar side and that's a a natural cedar oil based um, insecticide if you will or insect repellent I should say and you can find that on catbehaviorsolutions.org under the resource link tab there's a link to cedar side there and more information okay so let me go back over my notes so it looks like uh, keep ticks, mosquitoes, and fleas away from your cat. Feed them wet food so they can get good hydration and give them less carbs, which might lead them down the trail of obesity, which might also lead them down the trail of diabetes, right? Have I got my notes right? You got it. That's exactly right. And now, speaking of food and things, I want to also talk about plants. Because there are a lot of plants that are poisonous to your cats. Things you wouldn't even think of like lilies and poinsettias and daffodils and hyacinths and Spanish thyme and tulips. English ivy, for goodness sakes. Daisies, azaleas, and even marijuana. <laughs> so, sounds like uh, you have to give up some fresh flowers in the house. And by the way, stash, tuck away that stuff. Stash it away. Yeah, that's right. Now I want to talk about space because when we're talking Cats 101, space is really important to understand. Cats need a lot of space. So in the wild, there I go again, in the wild. Remember that commercial? There I was, there I was, in the Congo. In the Congo, yeah. (laughs) Remember that? I can't remember what it was for, but I think it was a dating commercial. It was like a match.com and there was a picture in the sky and this girl and the guy's going, there I was, there I was in the Congo and the girl's eye rolling and going, oh, get me out of here. Anyway, sorry to digress. I just, (laughs) you know, in the wild, I should have to say that with more emphasis, in the wild, each cat (laughs) occupies about a six and a half city block of territory. And so they say, this was actually in my educational material that several things in that that stick with me and blew my mind. But for a cat to have enough space, you'd need to provide them a 10-bedroom home. Well, knowing that's impossible until we win the lottery and then we're going to get 10-bedroom home for Tabasco. Not really. But (laughs) if you can't provide a 10-bedroom home, which presuming 99.9% of the population can't, then what we have to do is we have to increase the square footage in our home by adding vertical space. So think about it. Every two-by-two platform that you build for your cat adds another four square feet. So These are things like cat trees and shelving, you know, building a whole shelving system up around the ceiling. Um, Catios are a great way to give them more square footage outside so that, you know, all of that is also increased cat space. And there's a link to that on on the site, too, at Cat Behavior. Dot org under the resource tab there's a whole 
bunch of information there and a link to a company called Catio Spaces that sells really great do-it-yourself blueprints. It gives you a materials list and plans and then all you got to do is go to Home Depot, pick up all the stuff and go home and follow the plans. And, you know, I think their plans start at about $40 and you know, it can go up to a couple hundred depending on how elaborate of one you're building. But she's got some excellent photographs for ins- inspiration and stuff like that. So catios are also a good way. But think about space and think about increasing your space, not just the, the floor fl- footprint that you have, but also elevated spaces so that your cats have lots of uh, extra room and places to get up and out. But, you know, another good point about that is if you're going to build like those cool shelves that go up and you can do it yourself or you can go online and Google cat shelves and there's a ton of them in little wave shapes and, you know, they're, they're making them these days prefab that are very high decor and they're, they're very cool. But if you do that and you have multiple cats, make sure that you're giving them two exit paths. So if you got stair-step shelves going up, make sure you have stair-step shelves going down on the other side so that if they have a threat that makes them go up there, they can always get out another way. It's very important that cats have two exit paths at all times. And that goes back to that first thing I said about them being both predator and prey. Their prey-wired mind makes them not want to get into a situation where they're cornered or confined, or don't have any way out. They need to have two escape routes. So think about that, too, when you're creating vertical space for them. Well, I love that site, uh, the catio site. I bet you wish you'd have had that before we built our catio. Yeah, well, it gives you great ideas. I mean, for a do-it-yourself person like myself, I like to see good ideas, and sometimes great projects come out of it. So... That'd be great. And we've been going at this for a while now, Molly, and you've given us a lot of great information for Cat 101. Uh, What other things can smart cat guardians need to know before we leave this episode? Oh, my God. I'm sure we've just scratched the surface. So I could go on, you know, me, I I could go on at this for the next four hours, but um, that's what other episodes are for. But I guess another real important thing that you need to know you know, when you buy a cat and know what it needs and you need to know how it thinks and you need to know how it evolved and you need to know that, you know, you're not seeing dominance. So if you're seeing some aggression, look at what's making your cat afraid. Think fear. You know, when, when you think about emotions that your cats have, please have fear at the forefront of, of what you think might be going on with them. Um, you know, Nutrition is the the biggest, absolute, most important thing you can do for your cat, and it's never too late to start feeding them good food. Even if your cat has been recently diagnosed with kidney disease, you know, go get some canned food if you've been feeding dry. It'll help flush their kidneys and keep them comfortable in what time they have left. You know, be smart about flowers. Maybe maybe flowers aren't your thing if your cat likes to get up on the counter and taste them. Um, so make sure you're not poisoning your cat. Make sure you've got really good flea tick and mosquito prevention, heartworm prevention um, for your cat. Make sure that you're you're thinking about them in space utilization. And then another thing is, cats get bored, and and this is because 
in the wild. They spend six hours a day hunting. And when we keep them inside, they no longer have that activity and all the activity that goes with living an outdoor life. And that's not saying open the door and let your cat out. That's the best thing for them because that's not the safest thing for them. You'll cut down their lifespan at least by half. So don't do that. But understand that they're probably bored. So it's your responsibility to do things that relieve that boredom. Things like prey play. And what that is, that that's P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y, like I'm going to, dear God, please let my cat play. Not that kind of pray, play, but P-R-E-Y, play. <laughs> get a wand toy with a mouse or feathers or something on the end and get that cat jumping and going. It's real important you let them bite it because in that simulated kill bite, it's releasing serotonin in their brain. And that controls mood and sleep cycles and makes your cat feel good. So they need a prey play session, gosh, at least 10 minutes a day, preferably two 10-minute-a-day sessions because, remember, you're trying to replace six hours of prey play in the home. So that's real important. Other kinds of toys, make sure your toys are new and fresh. They get really bored with them. And another thing you should know is that cats prefer classical music. So, you know, you think about another species, and again, People are so guilty of thinking, you know, in a bubble that everybody and everything processes the world in the same way we do. And one of the things that we started in school was we learned all about the cat's senses at first. How do they see? What do they hear? What do they feel? Where are sensitive nerve endings on their bodies? So that you can actually put yourself, you can immerse with this cat and put yourself in its paws entirely and understand how it perceives the world. And you can understand what kinds of things that we have in our normal environments that cause a lot of environmental stress on them. Loud TVs, hard rock music, things like that. So the frequencies that they hear makes them prefer classical music. And so when you leave, don't just leave a quiet home. Go ahead and turn some classical music on lightly for them. doesn't need to be real loud. They have very acute hearing, and, and that will calm them down while you're gone. And if you want to go a step further, um, go back to that resource tab on catbehaviorsolutions.org, and there's a company called iCalm Pet that makes a product called iCalm Cat, and it has a three-hour music card of classical music that has been scientifically modulated to reduce all of the stressful frequencies in it, and it and it repeats, so it goes three hours, and then it loops, and it's a speaker and a music card and everything in one, and I think there might be $75, and it's good quality music. I take it with me to the shelter Every time I go, it's it's excellent for cats. So so think about them being bored. Uh, let's see what else. Litter box. Oh my gosh, we haven't even really talked about the litter box, other than I said make sure it's uncovered so that they have two escape routes. And I guess if you do nothing more than that, you know you're doing more than most people. Covered litter boxes were made for people, not cats. 
Um, so uncover that litter box. Make sure it's big enough. It needs to be one and a half times the length of your cat. So if you've got a new kitten, it can be tiny. But as that cat grows, make sure that litter box grows with it. And if you have a big cat like we do, who's 18 inches long, so I need a 27-inch litter box, it doesn't have to be a litter box because you won't find a litter box that big. Go ahead and go down to the dollar store and just get uh, like a sweater storage box, low side or cut down a sides and, uh, and use that. It doesn't have to be a litter box, nothing fancy. So let me think. We've talked about food. We've talked kind of about how they evolved and we've talked about playing. We touched a little bit about choices because they don't like to be trapped. they got to have choices. I think those are the basic one-on-one things. As soon as we get done with this episode, I'll think of 14 more things, and then we'll do Cat 102. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense, a Cat 102. I think that's a radio station, Cat 102. Cat 102. I think I've heard that before. (laughs) This is Cat Talk Radio. (laughs) Yeah. But I tell you, your website really has a lot of information that's detailed. Would you like to talk a little more about that real quick before we uh, sign off this episode? Yeah, definitely. On the site, there are all kinds of things, and I'm adding to them weekly. So there's a blog um, that's sectioned off by you know nutrition and medical and aggression and, and by problematic behaviors. Um, there on my Facebook page, I post a lot of just little instant quips and things that are you know not as in depth of the blog. So definitely find us on Facebook at Cat Behavior Solutions. Um, Instagram, we have an Instagram page and like most people, a lot of that information is the same, but occasionally there's some, some new tidbits in there. And then, uh, there's a YouTube channel I'm trying to start to populate. Like I did a video on preparing raw food and, um, we'll be adding that on first, my next video I'm going to produce is how to put a harness on a cat. So that's That'll next. be fun. It's like <laughs> yeah. going to the rodeo. You're going to have to hold the camera and run around as I chase him down. <laughs> We're going to give you eight seconds and see if you can do it. <laughs> I can I can do it with Tabasco because he's already trained to do it. But, um, yeah, we'll do it with, uh, to give it a fair shot, we'll do it with our our foster blueberry and show, show how to put the uh, come with me kitty harness because that's the one I like. It's lightweight. The cat doesn't feel like it's got a straight jacket on and yet it's configured so that it it can't get out of it because boy when cats get to the end something spooks them and they run to the end of that leash and they get to that harness and, and they can just Houdini their way out of anything and the come with me kitty harness is adjustable in like every way shape and form so you can make sure that it's snug on them and, uh, and it's thin, so it's not cutting into their arms and things. That's the one I like to use. But because it's adjustable in every way, shape, and form, it's also you get it out of the box and you go, huh? And it's like, I don't know what end goes in where. And and so I really do need to get on a video for that. So, yeah, lots of resources on the site, Facebook, Instagram. And I'm working on a library of useful videos. And this show, gosh, hello, if you're just, this is the only episode you've happened to find your way to, go to cattalkradio.com and there's uh, 22 other episodes right now, previous to this one, and there'll be one a week more as we go forward. 
Wow, that sounds great. A lot of great information. Will we come to the bottom of the show? Anything else? Any final words? I think that's it. Like I said, as soon as we sign off, I'm going to go, oh, dang it. I didn't talk about that. Oh, you know, and that does make me think there is one more thing take your cat to the vet for god's sakes um i know that should be like cat 101 but the you know you get a kitten and the kittens are for some reason they're born more adventurous you know than cats somewhere along the way they lose their sense of adventure and they stop wanting to go places and you take them to the vet and it's this horrific traumatic experience cats in an unfamiliar environment there's dogs there's other things around Weird noises, weird smells, and then somebody takes them out of the carrier and, you know, gives them shots and and handles them in ways they're not familiar with. And the next thing you know, the minute you get out the carrier, the cat goes, oh, hell no. I remember what happened last time I got in that thing. I'm not getting in there. And then, you know, you stop going to the vet because it's just such a stressful ordeal. So make sure that if you have a kitten, you carry or train it early. And if you have a cat, you leave a carrier out and carry or train the cat so that it's a pleasant experience to get in the carrier. And you make going to the vet a pleasant experience. And one of our earlier episodes that talks about the leading um, medical diseases in cats. I spend the first half hour of the show talking about how to carry or train your cat and, and making them more accustomed to going. So listen to that. But a cat needs to see a vet just like you do on an annual physical. It needs to go once a year. And the older the cat gets, twice a year. So like Tabasco's 15, we go every six months for blood work. I want to keep a really close watch on what's going on with him. The least little bit of signs of, you know, thyroid disease starting or cancer or probably not kidney disease in his case. But, um, you know, if kidney disease were to happen, you, you want to get on that stuff as early as possible. So take your cat to the vet every year. That was one I forgot. And I'll say it again. As soon as we sign off, I'm going to think of something else. Because <laughs> every time right, I say that, I think we be here a long time, but we have the rest of the day to do things. <laughs> I know, I know. And in fact, I, I've got to get to the Santa Fe shelter and, and work with my other behavior training buddies and, and help them learn more about training some of those shut down and afraid cats in the shelter, which again, that's what led me to launch a nonprofit that was dedicated to um, helping cats everywhere. I spend a lot of time in shelters working with cats that have been surrendered for one reason or another, and they're very upset about not being at home with their people and familiar surroundings, and they're acting out and aggressive to people and hard to adopt, and sadly, those are a lot of the ones that get euthanized. So I work helping people learn how to work with those cats and make them feel more comfortable in that setting so that they're adoptable and have a positive outcome rather than a, a sad outcome. And you're right. I got to get over there and get to work. So we'll need to sign off. All right. Thank you, cat fans. And we'll look forward to speaking with you next week. Yep. Next week, another show. So tune in and thank you for joining us on Cat Talk Radio. And until you, we hear you or you hear us next time, keep calm and purr on. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. 
toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.